What's going on, everybody? And welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition, another installment, another episode. Uh, yes, sir. Of the Black Men Win podcast with your boy, Tyler Pie Guy. Um, we are in season two, man. I'm, I'm so excited to, you know, get, get this ball rolling uh, with season two. And, and I told y'all we got some some new some new interviews coming and 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 we have a great 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 i don't i don't i don't even know how many greats i need to say about this man because um he's been doing a lot um i i believe just by watching just by watching him right i'm not a um and and studying him i i believe he's more uh, of a behind the scenes worker, even though he's really in, in, in the front lines. Uh, I think those behind the scenes, uh, the work that he puts in behind the scenes doesn't get enough credit. So uh, I appreciate his, um, I believe it was your, 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 your manager reaching out to me um, and um, really putting me on game about you. But going into our first question, I want to uh, let you gas the people up and, and let them know um, who you are and everything like that. Now, listen, listen, I was about to say your name. I'm glad I caught myself. <laughs> um, this is not a humble moment now. I want you mm-hmm. to gas yourself, okay? Yeah. Let, let the people yeah. know what you do. You know what I'm saying? Let them know, because you a boss in these streets. So let them know who you are, my brother. Word. Uh, my name is Martin Henson. Pronouns he, him. Uh, I'm the founder and executive director of B-Men Foundation. You know, really out here to create positive lasting impact for black men. Uh, we're an organization that supports black men around issues specific to black men, mm-hmm. uh, creating uh, healthy outcomes and and just better quality of life for brothers. So that's what I that's what I'm on. I'm really out here. I'm really you, out here like you, you really said. are <laughs> you know, really out here. You know. uh, oh okay. go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. I said, you gotta be. You, you gotta be, man. Listen, bro. I've, 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 I've just, I, and I just recently just followed you and just seeing who, um, is following you. And and I'm always a big thing when it comes to social media. I'm always, I'm always a, 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 a big, um, contributor in understanding that the people that you follow, even on social media, you know, give off, you know, uh, positive and negative energy. And so when I seen um your instagram and your twitter and people that follow you um very very tight-knit uh a very small but very intelligent group of people um and Mm. that's what i that's what i I liked about you and then the fact that first of all you're a black man that's 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 number one shout out to black man shout shout out out to black man first of all first you know what i'm saying if we if we can't understand that we're already winning, right? As black men, then I don't, I don't know what it is. So that's number one. Number two, um, I'm always, I'll, I'll, I've always wanted to see how um, black men of different in, in different uh, industries, uh, how they move and everything. And you, in particular, um, was very interesting. I loved how you, your articulation of things. The way you convey a message, right? Um, I've seen a lot of black men come in that space mm-hmm. and try to do what you do unauthentically. If we can, yeah. we can go there, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it there, yeah. unauthentically. And watching you and some of and some of uh, your speeches, um, 
I wish just and this is this is being serious. I went to a, a, a PWI. So I wish that we would have gotten you at Grand Valley. Right. At some point during my uh, even my master's program. Right. I just graduated with my master's in 2020. So I wish that during my master's time, we would have gotten you. Mm-hmm. in in some type of space there because i think the way you articulate um and the way you convey messages and the way you come off is very not, not it's very authentic in a very genuine way and 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 very um uh forthcoming and it make it it it, 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 it attracts you you understand what i'm saying and, and it's not a lot of people i know for me personally that mm-hmm. can't do that right, right? um right. And understanding that is genuine. So I just wanted to give you your flowers and say, Thank brother, you. keep continuing, continuing to do what you do. Uh, we really appreciate you um, doing what you uh, do in, in the community. I want to know more about B-Men. Can you can you explain more about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, shout out to your master's program. Hey, man. Thank you. you know, another black man in higher uh, education or having completed a higher education. So we, we need that. Um, and giving black men their flowers while they're here. Yes, sir. Which is a big connected to the connects to B Man in a variety of ways. But B Man really, if I had to go back to where the, the CC was planted, man, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being young, I was when I was around 12, I lost my dad. Dad was killed. Wow. Uh, and so I'm I, sorry to hear that. I, I appreciate you. Uh, and when that happened, man, I was surrounded by just black men. Know family, other community members too, but specifically black men who right. who really let me lose my you know, humanity, and I they was able to see me, and I was mm-hmm. like, "How do I get that to other brothers?" That's the seed, right? Mm-hmm. And you grow up, and you you get that. You come from communities that make sure that you're you're not lost. You don't get caught up in in the cycle of revenge and get back. That can that can happen. Absolutely. You know so. When I got older, there was various ways that I engaged it and tried. And there's brothers that I came across in my life. One of the guys being who founded it with me, Kahar Charles, died by suicide, lost another friend. Wow. Uh, Darrell Nick by mixed by health problems, another friend by suicide, Pascal Walker. Like so all of these people, my dad, Ricky Henson, they come with me as I think about what are some things that can hold men close and keep us together. Right. Uh, and Beat Man Foundation. Um sparked up now when when me too came around like you know how do we think about all of this stuff as it relates to black men right and then actually i was like man we actually need a lot of support and so i was like let's let's expand it out so we can hold brothers close and we can make sure we're not losing them unnecessarily and we can give them better outcomes in life because you know it's there's a lot going on systemically for black men talk about it yes um i want to ask you how did how do you, because I know you're not over this, but how do you, how did you handle the um, the death of your father at such a young age? Because honestly, when you heard, when you, we, when you said 12, it triggered me because I lost my dad at 11. So, um, and I'm, you know, it, 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 it has gotten easier for sure, but it's still something that you, you still deal with. So how do, how did you deal with it in that moment? And how do you continue to um, deal with it because that's a big loss especially for I don't I don't think a lot of people understand losing your father in mm-hmm. any capacity whether right. whether you didn't know him and you hated him or whatever or you were very close to him or somewhere in the middle um, especially mm-hmm. at a young age especially in those preteen years where where you're it, it's it's kind of crucial 
very yeah. crucial for a father to be in in his son's life in especially yeah. in that time yeah how did you how did you deal with it at that moment and how do you continue to deal with it now man when that happened you've been that young yeah something happens when you somebody is taken from you yes it, it's it changes you and it's hard to explain to folks that really haven't had that happen in their world and their community. Mm-hmm. And you kind of realize that as a young kid, so I was changed completely. I, I, my whole way of being shifted because you realize that, hey, this at any moment, life right. is going to be gone and it's that short and it's that precious. And I think I became an observer uh, mm-hmm. and just watching people. Wow, and exactly observed me and what they can gain and glean from me. And because at the time after it happened, I was like, my way of coping with it was like, I'm not going to let nobody read me so they won't take me the way they took my dad. Maybe they call him slipping. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And um, that, was, that was really a process, man. It, it, was, it was hard because you really don't know how it's impacting you. Yeah. Um, and I was grateful again the season be man with all these men that were surrounding me. So I didn't, I didn't get lost in, in, in all of the ways you can get lost after you lose right. someone. One of the ways is trying to get retribution, trying to get it back. Absolutely. Uh, I really, I just became, I kind of sunk into myself and I feel like I had just started to become the person I would have became had that not happened maybe a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So it is, it has a lot of change that happens. So and on another hand, I think grief can be complex. I think be man in a lot of ways is me celebrating the man that I lost. It's also me grieving them. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very aware that I've lost them. I'm very aware of the ways that they've been lost. And in the way that I think about how men, black men specifically, have an unmet need as it relates to PTSD, or I want to say somewhere between. 50% to 70% of brothers are not getting services around that. Right. Um, and if you look at how many of us got wounded by 48 million black folks, black men, half of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if all of those brothers are, by way of the systemic barriers that we're existing in, having to deal with that, mm-hmm. there's somebody out there like me. And, like, in my process of moving through my grief, uh, and, and finding power and celebrating life, uh, B-Man is one of the ways that I do it. So it, it, I don't think it ever really ends. I think it's beauty and being a father, I have a daughter. Um, Congratulations, I, I, I'm able to look in the mirror and see my dad and say things to her that my dad said, and I get to be right. that man. And I get to be that to other brothers who are going through different things by way of B-Man. So it's, it's complex, man. It's complex. That's, man, that's, you know what? It, it is. Um, I can say I lost my dad at 11 due to a heart attack. And it was, mm-hmm. I think you, you, you hit a lot of things on the nose. You know, yeah. I was like, I could compare it to a lot of the things that made me an observer for real. Um, mm-hmm. It made me sink into a place that I, I can call a early depression in a sense now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't know what that place was, you know, mm-hmm. 11, 12, 13. And, you know, my dad wasn't heavy in my life. Right. He mm-hmm. was he was um, I was born in Florida, so he's a Floridian. My mom is a Michigander. She's from Detroit. And so mm-hmm. it's just, um, you know, they divorced when I was around, two, And we moved back to Detroit and I would go see him. 
here and there mm-hmm. every summer uh, yeah. up until his passing. And um, it was it was a very I love my dad to the to the toughest degree. You understand what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Do we spend a lot of time together? No. Um, but I had to come to terms with a lot of that. Right. I, and I think to your point, it's very complex. Um, and a lot. And, and again, to your to your other point, a lot of people, if you have not experienced something like this, mm-hmm. um, losing your father, especially a black dad, I'm sorry, it is it is it is it is something about just a black man losing his father, especially early. That is it is it is. I'm realizing very, you know, early or now that I understand where I was, how I was. So I thank you for that because I was like, that's what it, that's what it made me. And it is complex, you know, cause sometimes I still deal with it. Sometimes I still cry about it, you know? And sometimes it's like, am I, am I good with it? Or maybe I'm not good with it. And it's like, you, you come to terms with, it's okay to, I don't want to say never be good with it, but to really cope with it in, in, in healthy ways, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody said, um, grief is love with nowhere to go. Yeah. That's, that's that feeling. Yes. Definitely times that, you know, I still deal with it. Spring is hard. Yeah. You know, my, my daughter in two years is going to be the age I was, that's going to be a whole thing, you know, Wow. It, it comes in waves. It comes in waves. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You're right. All right. Let's get into the second question. So do you believe that as black men, uh, we support each other, support each other enough, excuse me, um, in these five areas, uh, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Well, so it depends on how you talk about support. Right. Uh, support relative to what the needs of the community are. I think we, I think we do what we can with what we have okay and probably the ways that we're most likely to support each other is probably why we have contact and sharing activities so we'll mm. we'll do something together you watch a game with somebody go play basketball with them you go real with them so physical space mm-hmm. is a way that we that's the one thing that we can do now when it comes to emotionally i now think about it we uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was mm-hmm. in, in the 1860s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. We ain't really got to fall away from slavery and the generational traumas around connecting to each other and the bonds that we, we have, right. as well as access to mental health and emotional needs and language. That's something that there's an evolving uh, understanding of how we connect to each other. Right. And it's something that's hard because mainstream media doesn't reflect to us how we talk to us so it doesn't really Absolutely. quite validate that's when right we say, hey man you good yeah you know i'm all right you know you know right. making it you can tell by the tone em- emotionally where he's at now in terms of what we need to do to meet that ground i think we can always be better but i i'm careful to and how i answer because i don't want to put that on black men to be responsible for the ways that the system has deprived of us of, of opportunities and tools and strategies to uh, better equip us for the future. Right. Uh, that relates to financial needs, that relates to educational needs, uh, that relates to how we think and how we engage and how we see ourselves. So it, it can be hard. I think sometimes if you're looking at that in a kind of a pie chart, sometimes different portions of it can be bigger than the other ones. 
Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the what I do as it relates to the men and what a lot of our program do and uh, how we come together to think about it is how do we expand the notion of black men as human and worthy and valuable and positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. In ways that men show up and encourage brothers as it relates to all these things, because the media is always trying to give us negative interpretations of ourselves by way of our, our image and fueling capitalism and entertainment. Uh, but that's something that, you know, that I, B-Men is very focused on, the image of Black men and, right. and Black men being seen as valuable. And, Same and, here. And human, you know. Same here. That's that's one of the things we wanted to do here at Black Men Win is to, no matter what type of Black man you are, we want to, we want to, give you your flowers and let you know that you are valuable whatever whatever situation that you have been through you understand what i'm saying so um man that was a great answer that was that was great i mean <laughs> i was like man, i'm serious about it i'm thinking about it all the time it's, it's just, the organization came you know later but my mind has always been on how to make sure my, my brothers are good how do you know that's what i'm on but i think for me you don't find a lot of black men that's on your type of time you get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of black, I think for black men like us, is it's it's who want to see our 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 brothers do you know better and and want to help them. Um, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, two two sides of the coin. It's like we want to see y'all win. Want to see you win. We want to I want y'all to know that y'all win. Right. But there's a certain point where I have to let you push yourself i can only hold your hand so long right and so um as i I know for me and 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 a a friend had to tell me this on on the black man podcast he was like yo you can't sit here and try to hold every black man hand and try to push him up the hill bro you gotta let him you got listen you gotta let them work on their own and i'm like i i know i know man i know i i I know it you know but those moments are so important because when you see brothers, like, so I go and hoop a lot. Right. Um, I see brothers out there, like, just saying, man, you good, you're all right, man. I see you just saying something positive. When the last time somebody said something good about them? Man. You understand what I'm saying? When is the last time somebody seen them as worthy and, and valuable? Exactly. Now we have, by way of B-Men, we have different support groups that we do once a, once a month, every second Sunday, five to seven. Check us out. But, where are you guys located? We do that digital. We were doing it in uh oh, virtual bed. We in Boston though. Okay, cool, cool, oh, cool, cool. Oh, so you're not far at all. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not far at all. I'm yeah, in New York, yeah. so you you you're about right. a train yeah. you're a train ride. So <laughs> that's right. nothing. <laughs> that worked in serious though to, to let brothers know that they're seen and and absolutely and, and value. You know, it wasn't too long ago. I was watching Eyes on the Prize the other night where brothers had to to make sure they didn't look white folks in the that. eye. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or brothers didn't have the same educational opportunities and talking about these desegregation. It wasn't that long ago that very clear racialized systemic barriers were considered to be the norm for America. Absolutely. And as we move into 2021, going into 2022, we still see black men on the lower end of education, right. having a lot of health disparities and issues. Um, when we think about uh, incarceration and the outcomes related to that, being able to contribute towards your community and the economic advancement of it, because incarceration pulls people out 
Right. Put them in there and strips your family of money as they have to use money to talk to you and send your commissary and whatever else is going on. So brothers need some. They need something. They need somebody to tell them that they're worth it. They need somebody to tell them that they can win. They need somebody to tell them that, man, how was your day? I remember when um, DMX died. I seen a brother, no, like, no BS. I seen him at, at the uh, at the bank. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, man, how you doing, DMX? We had a whole conversation. So, man, you know, it was, it was rough about it. Just saying I see you. Yeah, And I yeah, know yeah. everybody know that what's going on in your world and the impact, but I see and I notice it. That's all I'm trying to do is just pass a little bit forward. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you. I I I, I kind of did the same thing when uh Kobe passed. Yeah. Um and it and it kind of you can kind of say like when black men feel when something tragic happens, and it doesn't have to be like we know that particular person or anything, but if we grew up watching, listening, you know, to this particular black man where we're fans of them like DMX um, and Kobe rest in peace. It is a, it is a certain type of level of pain, especially if you are of an older, you know, you're old head or OG, you know, it is a certain type of pain that a lot of people are not asking you to your point. uh, uh, Martin, like, yo, are you, am I good? I'm I'm really not good Mm -hmm. because in, I I believe sometimes in Neymar, they looking like, a lot of not only are a lot of my icons passing away, mm-hmm. but a lot of my friends are mm-hmm. passing away. Like yeah. I, for my uncle right now, he's in the hospital. Um, and I just I, I, I can just say over the last five years, a lot of his friends have passed away. His best mm-hmm. friend just passed away not even a year ago. And it was just like, whoa, you realize time is moving. You're realizing like time is just flying by you really, really quick. And you're not Mm -hmm. understanding like, oh, snap. Whoa. The people around me, the icons Mm -hmm. I looked up to are now, you know, suddenly, you know, take taking their time up and, and going to heaven. Right. Where does that leave me? How do I feel? That is a, that is a certain type of loneliness that we don't ask older black men, right? How are you doing? Are you okay? Right. What's right. going on? Right? Hope you have a good day. That's why I always get, I try to give every black man I see a head nod. How you doing? What's good on the street? Like, listen, everybody ain't gonna give you a head nod. Everybody gonna sit here. Not everybody gonna sit here and, and give you a how you doing. But at least I'm giving in that courtesy, you know, just to sit here and say, hope you're having a good day, right? Right. You know, uh, have a good day, bro. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I definitely agree with you because that's that's important. Yeah. You know, because they're getting older. Right. Yeah. They're getting yeah. older. They're getting yeah, older. I, I, I talked to my um I talked to my stepdad the other day. Uh, I had my daughter over there. We was, we was just just going back and forth talking about something, asking him what it was it like when you, you know, when stuff was going on and mm-hmm. uh, and all of these things were happening in the world and we didn't have all this mental health services. Mm-hmm. We didn't have rampant conversation. He was just like, you just, you did what you could, you know, mm-hmm. you know, older, but, and that's how they, and, it, and, and that's I, how they moved. I respect it. And I also, I'm like, man, what part of you had to die? What part of you wasn't nurtured because there wasn't anybody to see the vulnerabilities that you had in that time? 
or that emotional part, that's that, that emotional, probably that mental and that spiritual part. Because when we think about black men, it's that physical and that financial that our yeah. OGs had to had to secure. Right. We had to secure that physicality and that finance, period. That emotional, right. that mental, and that spiritual, ah. You, yeah, that's what it was. Right. And I, and I really, I've had to really expand the way that I thought or how I think about who mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to. Because even with the little Nas X stuff, my, my black friends who's gay, I'm like, yo, y'all good? Because, you know, Boosie out here wild and saying all types of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Yo, crazy. Are y'all good? Because I know it right. can make men feel like they unwanted or black trans men is related to the Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, y'all good? Now, you know, every, you know, some folks will say they thought it's funny. Some people say, like, that's not cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. I need to actually check on all the brothers, not just the ones that most resemble my experience. Exactly. So, like, man, I'm still learning and growing, man. So I always try to name that, you know? And I respect that, bro. Like I read that about I read up. Of course, I did my homework and yeah. and just and just watching you talk about that and really just being inclusive with all black men. Yeah. All black men. I said, that's one of the things that we love to do here. We want to be inclusive. We had interviews, whether written video or audio or otherwise, all black men. Don't matter yeah. what, 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 what black you are you understand what i'm saying i don't care right right Right. and it was just it was it was a breath of fresh air for real to see another brother really take that step because a lot of brothers ain't taking that step let's just be honest with that right right a lot of brothers ain't taking that step to unify all of us and when i say all of us i mean all of us right heterosexual gay whatever all of us right so it is amazing to see you continue to do the work that you do in unifying all of us. So I think that goes into our, our third question. Um, when we talk about generational curses um, in our community of black men, do you think that hinders us from experiencing and realizing our true potential? Well, the, the generational systemic racism and white supremacy. Yes. I didn't the camera for that one. <laughs> um, it, it, I want to be clear that yeah. that, I, that is one thing, and then generational curses are are another. Absolutely, uh, I think the the stigma behind the things that we're still dealing with sometimes as sexual abuse, mm-hmm. sometimes as incest in particular communities that have are remnants of of being enslaved, right? As we were as a people uh, in America, I think we have to to think about systemically what keeps us trapped into these same uh, cycles of behavior. Yes. So incarceration is so significant as it relates to Black men, considering that we're only so much of the population, but we represent a high percentage of folks who are behind bars or under some type of institutional control. Right. Yes, generational curses can, you can kind of say from family to family, you know, I have a master's in counseling, we'll do genograms, we map out family patterns and all right. that. But systemically, mm-hmm. uh, the Talk barriers that we face and the opportunities that we are neglected uh, is that's what I can name very tangibly. And I, I want to credit uh, Black Male Studies and the scholars uh, related to that. They're doing the work to outline what are the developmental uh, and systemic barriers to Black men's advancement. So generational curses uh, happen. Yes. Uh, systemic. Racism, white supremacy, 
uh, and barriers to getting help for, for mental health and, and physical health need, as well as how we think about things spiritually also are at play. And I think we struggle with figuring out where one begins and the other one ends. Uh, and that's, that, that's it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard because mm. you might not know that, let's say your dad, let's say we were going to use a, a father figure, mm-hmm. didn't have, they didn't have special education in his school. So he was put on the path to incarceration early on, sent out of class because he couldn't understand some of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Did five to ten years behind bars, came out, couldn't get a job, which affected his relationship with his kids that he might have had before. Then they're angry with him because of the lack of social economic standing. Break it down, Martin. Break it down. Break not being able to be there, and the family dynamics is something that we don't talk about. All of those Ooh. things happen, so we can say generational curses. Um, and but I'm always trying to expand. Like, hey, there's some different different houses that's in that neighborhood that we got to we got to check into that really affected how right. i think it is i listen i'm nobody has said it to me like that generational systems yeah, yeah. that are oppressing us first right, right? first let's let's right. say first right because to your point we do have generational things that we as a community and, and like you said, family to family need to work on. But mm-hmm. those are mm-hmm. stemmed first mm-hmm. from those generational systems. And I've never heard nobody explain it to me like that. And that made so much sense. It made so much sense because I'm like, yes, we do have we have we have our issues. We have our we have our things that we all need to work out. Right. 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 But to your point. That comes from a long line of trauma mm-hmm. that our people have not had the time, the ability mm-hmm. right. to heal from. Right. Now we can equate that to we can we can debate that, you know, any which way or where that goes. But I think the central part of it is we have not had time to heal, period. Right. right. And we could take that back to the time that our ancestors got here right. on a stolen land. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying, right? <laughs> um, we haven't had time for it to, uh, to heal 400 plus right. years at this point. Right. And now we're getting to a point, maybe, mm-hmm. right? We're getting to a point where a shift, and, and I want to ask you, do you see a shift happening? And this is kind of going into the fourth question. But do you see a shift happening mm-hmm. in which and maybe it could be a small shift, little shift, big shift. Mm-hmm. Do you see a shift happening in, in healing, genuine, authentic healing going on within our community? I wanted to ask you that specifically. Well, it, it really depends on what people consider uh, and understand healing to be. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think there's an expanded relationship to spirituality that is starting to exist outside of Christianity where, where people are digging into how do we call in and think about our ancestors and, and relate, as spiritually as it relates to healing systems. That's one part of it. Uh, I think we're really starting to see the data 
catch up with the outcomes that black men are having to experience. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, black, black male studies uh, and the ability to think of black men as victims. That's, mm-hmm. that's the thing that we're, we're starting to be able to think mm-hmm. about. Wait, I, I, need, I need you to say that one more time. I need yeah, you to say yeah. that one more time because I don't think that our black men listening and that everybody at home who aren't black men listening right. heard you when you said that. I think black, I think people are now looking as black men as what now? As victims. As victims. People are there, they're beginning, and that's because a lot of the prominent scholars are pushing out the data in a way that is combating and pointing out the contradictions of predominant social thought around black men, which positions us as dangerous or violent, right. either by way of our person outright racism or by way of our uh gender or by way of our framing of masculinity right that's why sometimes i struggle with people's uh way of talking about masculinity and using toxic masculinity narratives because it's typically racialized i'm not Mm. saying the points they're making are wrong but it's like that's how it plays out in american dialogue but i think we're starting to own our narrative about what impacts us what heals us uh there's different coalitions that are coalescing around maleness because there's there's a overlap between how people are thinking about men generally right and how people are thinking about black men uh right. and we're understanding that black men have our face a gendered racism in a way yes. that's different from the way that black women uh, experience it and i think there's been a period of time where we had a hard time talking about it because we thought that if we name that for black men and it takes away for black women's experience and i think that Again, as the data comes forward, people are learning to invest in healing in a variety of different ways and understand, hey, we're having different outcomes, because specifically because we're both black and male. So how do we meet that? So that's be man is a big part of like, hey, we're going to have to meet some of these informally before we in the middle point, before you get to the actual therapeutic interventions. Right. If you need a space to just come and process with other black men to you know seek support. And that's one of the places that you do it. But I think I see brothers. I remember you might remember on Twitter when it's like, uh, "You good, bro?" Was twenty. Yes, uh, bro. Yeah, that, was, that might have been. I I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. A, we had that moment, and we had when uh, the the docu series about the Central Park Five came out. Man, there was a there was a large conversation around yep. black men being it was being a traumatic experience for black men to watch it. I still haven't watched it. Like it's. So we, there's some of these moments where it kind of boils to the top mm-hmm. and it's not it's not this thing where black men are strong or black men look great or hypersexualized. It's like black men being vulnerable. So it's just I'm always trying to catch that wave. I'm trying to start the wave and, uh, and, and ride it whenever I can can get it. Right. So it's, it's it comes. It comes and goes and comes and goes. And I think we're seeing it kind of we've, we've kind of struggled post post George Floyd. Uh, to I was just about, about to ask you about that. Like, yeah, how did you, yeah, we struggled about how to talk about black men who are, let's say, victims of police brutality or mm-hmm, witnesses mm-hmm. police brutality or having these outcomes because most people who are victims of police brutality don't die. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And and I and I we're we're just getting to the point where people are. Are kind of just reacting because they, you know, just showing up. They didn't really quite know what to do, which I'm not. I don't blame anybody for that. So now saying, hey, what, what, what are these outcomes that are happening here? Right. Why is this happening? 
Right. I hear you because I think when, and I hate to say it like this, but when that George Floyd thing happened, I don't know what it was, Martin, but I don't, I I, I can't really, and, and I haven't really pinpointed it since, since his, since his murder, mm-hmm. something about black male inclusion. Yeah. It spiked mm-hmm. like I've, 27 years of living, especially being in uh, a PWI for seven years and really seeing how our how our black people come together and how we split apart. Mm-hmm. I have never really seen black men come together like that. Mm-hmm. It, it was a it was it was a it was a certain type of power that I was like, I felt really, really good for a moment. Now, it was mm-hmm. a brief moment. It was was very brief. It was like maybe for the time that he, you know, got the trial and everything, but it was very brief. After that, everything just kind of went back to normal. Why do you think that is? Why do we have these brief spurts of, hey, let's come together for this one particular cause? Mm -hmm. And then once that's, I don't want to say over, but when I guess the media or society or when things say, oh, this is now dying down or when it's dying down, everybody goes to their respective, mm-hmm. you know, their respective corners. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because it was traumatic. And one right. of the things about, let's say, post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Uh, how you define it is a couple of ways. One of them is if you experience an event, if you witness an event or you find out that somebody's close person to you has been impacted by an event. Right. Now you have all of these dudes who see video of George Floyd being killed and just traumatic. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like the number what 50 to 70% of black men have an unmet need around trauma. Yeah. All of these brothers experienced that and wanted to come together to sort of process mm-hmm. how do you actually manage this? So one of the things I tell people when we talk about that, like uh, things like George Floyd or the overall kind of movement that happened with this beginning with the, I would say the beginning with the death of Trayvon Martin. Mm. That was, were we in 2021 now? That was about 12, almost, almost 10 years ago. It will be 10 years, years next, next, next year. I mean, yeah, next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it yeah. Almost, yeah. And one of the things about it is at least for when, since I started paying attention to it for the last five or six years mm-hmm. I've seen personally have seen an image of black men dying, beaten or narrative at least once a day, at least once a day. Yep. Me too. You know what I'm saying? Like, nope. it's not, even Never yeah, it's not, we're not even joking. It's not even yeah, no joke. Audio, this is serious. Yeah. People were playing the video of somebody being killed by the police. Yes. And yes cannot avoid it because that has become a part of the entertainment of social media as shock value stuff or people wanting to show their concern and care so they repost it not knowing that it has a, a particular trigger for a lot of people so a lot of black men you feel that you react to it you come to space to discuss it because i think part of the way we compartmentalize our trauma is through just just talking through something yeah facts yeah, putting mm-hmm. it through logic and, and intellectualizing and not really talking about how it feels so the contact alone is that's the the, the intervention for a lot of those brothers right. is being around another brother. 
Right. You know, how many brothers went to the barber shop when it happened, didn't even need a cut. And just to up, go talk. It's there because you just want to be around somebody who understands. You know what I'm saying? I can tell you my my traumatic moment when it came to police killing an unarmed black man. Now we've known this through history. I've learned this and everything like that, but seeing it would went like being triggered. I was at work. I worked at a, um, uh, a nice corporation back in Michigan. I just freshly, freshly got out of a undergrad and this was like 2016 and, um, freshly got out of undergrad, got a job, and I remember completing my work for like that day and half the day was gone. So I'm about to go on break. I go on my Facebook page on my computer. And that's when the Philando, uh, Philando Castile um, yeah. live was going on Facebook. And when I'm in, and this is, mind y'all, this is 2016. So this is five years ago. A lot has changed in five years. I want, I want that to be clear. Um, Facebook regulations and the privacy regulations were nearly as harsh or as penalized as they quote unquote are now. Um, but I just remember clicking on that and seeing that man. And I can I can vividly remember him getting shot. Mm-hmm. Like on like it was live. It wasn't like, you know, I had to, you know, bring it back or rewind. No. Saw that man get popped. Right. And it was just like, I had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I just started crying. Yeah. I just started crying. I called my mom. I said, Mom, I just, I just seen a black man die in front of my face. When, in, my, in my mind, because that's what mm-hmm. I just seen. Life. Like, this can't be what on Mm -hmm. camera. Mm -hmm. And and I I didn't know how to take that day. Like, I worked the whole day. But that was the first one. And I had to really understand what needs to come from social media in a negative and positive light. Because to your Mm -hmm. point, especially in this new social media reality, that type of those type of videos are now for entertainment purposes. Those get the views, those get the, the reactions, whether they're likes, prayer hands or whatever. Um, It's, it's, I, I, as you said, it it is a trend over the last five or six years that black men dying or getting wrestled by the police are getting millions upon millions upon millions of views, retweets, reactions, and everything like this. So it's always a thing where I'm like, hmm, are we doing this for a trend? Mm-hmm. Are you doing this for a trend? Mm-hmm. And to your point, it's like, are we going backwards? And I mean backwards, backwards. So I think, again, that goes into our, our fourth question, what can we do better if we need to do better um, as black men individually and collectively to help improve our communities for the next generation? Because as we know, it's not about us. It's about the next. And we have to do our, our, our due diligence while we're here um, mm-hmm. to make it even a, 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 a millimeter <laughs> uh, right. of easier for the next generation. So, what would you say to that? 
Uh, one of them is this destigmatizing mental health. Mm. Um, so one of the one of the quick interventions that I do, and I tell people it works all the time, is that I just tell other brothers that I've been to therapy. Been to therapy, it worked for me. Yeah. Because I can say, hey, black men need to go to therapy to support us. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. But if I say, I've been to therapy. Right. It makes us think a little bit more. How was it? You know, I had, to go, I had a conversation with my barber not too long ago, talking about it. Like, hey, it ain't, I was like, yeah, it ain't that bad, man. I've been a few times, man. I go again if I need it. Um, and so destigmatizing the need for support because a lot of the idea of black who, you know, you are right. You ain't worried about nothing. You can get through. Again, that's having its own racialized history, because if you seem to be too hot headed in front of white people, it can get you killed. So we've had to learn a certain level of emotional regulation compressing mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to our feelings that, well, we might think we're compressing it, but we get back into our large environments and, and sometimes it emanates outward, that that pain, that hard hardship, that frustration. And right. the other thing is, is the just like the support group model that I use, I always encourage black men to replicate that. Go out with your friends, get a couple of brothers. Hey, we're going to go out and kick it here because those informal networks actually serve as uh, ways to boost this, this health-seeking behavior practices where you tell a brother, hey, I want to do this. Hey, have you gotten your, your colon check? Have, have you done right. this? You know, right. being able to hold networks of men who support each other because men generally don't do that as much. And women have a lot of emotional supports from their friends. Man, can you, can you talk about it again? Yeah. That's yeah. one of the biggest things we want to do here is know that you have emotional support. I love my black women. Let me say that first of all. Black women have been supporting me forever. I come from a black woman. I was raised by a single black woman, period. The one understanding that I know is that they always had emotional support. Now, it could have been with the girlfriends, could have been with their mothers, their aunties, whatever. But when black women come together and I've been to a whole lot of black women congregations, okay? When mm-hmm. black women come together, bro, it is a party and it is a it is a different type of energy that I've always had a, 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 a thing in my heart ever since I was little to kind of bring that energy into the black male space of congregation. Now, we ain't got to sit here and kiki and ha ha all, all, all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But the inclusion Hell, sometimes even the kiki and the 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 the, the, the hey, how you doing? It actually interacting with each other, mm-hmm. the the genuineness in the interaction, the authenticity. It was always just authentic, like real. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, we need to bring that into the black male space because we so tight in in the shoulders and shit. We don't never sit here and and <laughs> we so tight yeah. in the shoulders. We don't never want to sit here and loosen up. We don't never want to. It was a time where I think for me during my during my college run, especially my master's, I seen a lot of my friends who were connected to me loosen their shoulders up. Mm-hmm. Just period, right? Because I'm I'm an optimistic individual. My shoulders are loose. I'm like, listen, I support mm-hmm. everybody. I try to support everybody, whether that's in in front of me or from a distance. I love you. Mm-hmm. I don't have no bad blood with you, especially with black men. Mm-hmm. 
when it came to black men showing emotion, I was one of those only few, if not the only one to really be around black women and have black male friends and other black men are looking at me like, what is this man doing? Mm-hmm. Like he's not getting none of these girls. No, I'm not because I respect them enough to understand like, that's not my, I, I don't need that. You understand right. what I'm saying? I'm trying to right. understand, right. How mm-hmm. I can get this energy of black women mm-hmm. over here. Right. How can I bring, and, and I'm not even saying all of it again, but how can I bring that inclusion over here and right. be authentic? Because mm-hmm. you have different types of black women, different types, light skin, dark skin, um, uh, African, you know, um, uh, 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 um, Hispanic. Like you have them in various, various, various shapes, sizes, colors, all that good stuff. And it's inclusion and it's genuine. And I'm like, why can't we do that when our fucking shoulders are so goddamn tight and our faces are wrinkled up and shit like that? We want to hang with the same crew, the same people all the time. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Right. But I know I had to learn really like, yo, networking with other black men is a great experience if you allow it to be. Yep. If you go in there with a set preconceived notion that ah this shit ain't gonna be nothing which i've done so i'm speaking from experience right which i've done it's not it's not gonna work up in your favor it's not Mm -hmm. because we're already in the mindset of competition why am i i had to understand why 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 do i need to compete with my fellow brother for what right right you know who do it well gay black men man yo Yo, they, yo, they can hold community so well. And I think that this is why I want brothers to really work through the homophobia, whatever their fears are, because like I've seen brothers be so carefree and show so yes. much love to each other. Yes. And I'm like, man, like, how do I get straight brothers to, to be on that? And without the, you know, people on the no homo stuff, I'm like, bro, come on. Like, only thing that makes you gay is wanting to have sex with another man or be romantic. Exactly. That's it. So, like, being able to, you know, brothers need to work through that so they can actually get to better forms of camaraderie. I tell my yes. homies, I love them all the time. And, like, it took a while to get there. I'm not going to lie. I always tell you know, my change process, you know, it of was course. a process. But, like, we got to get to be able where we can, like, hold each other and be supportive of each other right. without fear, you know? Man, like, real talk. Because why gay black men literally sit here and and can sit here and make all of us come together in some type of way. They know mm-hmm. they got straight friends. They got gay. They got every type of person as a friend. Right. And I'm like, well, damn. Black men and gay women. I mean, uh, black women and gay men. Black gay men got it. It's just a certain type of energy. It is. It is. And it is so It's just, the you know, the black, black men in community uh, are so interesting because it's also brothers who want to lean into that. Who feel like they gotta be on the DL because they don't want us to download? No, I'm telling you, no. I'm telling you, no. You don't have to exactly. You don't have to be on the download. You ain't gotta be gay to get into that energy. I've always said, black men, heterosexual cis black men, need to step into their feminine energy. 
Yes, yes. I've been saying yeah. that for I've been saying that for a long time. So I was 18 Yo. years old, and I didn't yeah. even know it for me. Right, right. And once we like expand outside of these these conventional trappings that the world has given us yes, for a variety of reasons, everybody gets to be more free. I want everybody to feel as free as I feel every day when I wake up. So that's Absolutely. like gay man, trans man, straight black man, the black man who on DL. Like I want y'all to feel like you got community in me. And exactly. Like, because we go through so much of the same stuff. So that that's just the process that I I've seen brothers get better and better at, and I'm just, you know, waiting for us to kind of turn that corner. Because a lot of black men, when we when we when we say a gay black man, um, or a black man that's on the DL, that's what they focus on first, right? They're right. not focusing on, hey, I'm a black man first. No, 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 no. You're focusing on, oh shit, I'm on the DL, or I'm a gay black man, so they're not going to accept me, brother. Mm-hmm. I've always said it don't matter whether you're a gangster or a gay man. They already don't matter what your status mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's on your ID. I don't know if it is or not, but mm-hmm. they're not looking at your status. If you're heterosexual, if you're transgender, if you're gay, they're not looking at that. They look right. at this. Right. And I think in, in, in intra-communally, so some of the brothers, I say gay brothers, mm-hmm. uh, have been had these negative interactions and they, you know, they want community because that's, that's actually when I started doing B-Men stuff, that's who I got most of the energy from. I had to work to get straight brothers and still got to work to get them. But like, you know what I'm saying? Still like they, they can't have the same space because maybe harms and people being homophobic and some other stuff. Absolutely. But, you know, pulling them in. So when we do have time to deal with somebody who dealing with us like this we all on the same page right everybody i got your back you got my back you got my back right absolutely absolutely well that gets into our last question man what does black men win mean to you when you hear that phrase what does that mean to you what what do you what do you think of when you hear that i mean it's a couple things i guess relevant to the work that i do uh by way of be men it means that black men are having healthy outcomes they're having a higher well-being, um, living full lives without the trappings and barriers of systemic pressures that uh, divert our 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 health and our, and how we can live good, healthy lives in our neighborhood. And I think black men winning for me it really means that I wouldn't have to do the work that I did. If black men were really winning, I wouldn't have to have an organization. <laughs> dedicated to the support of black men because it's already embedded in the system that's it we've already been able to conquer and triumph these different things that we navigate on a daily basis so it's it and also i think if i'm going into the individual level if black men winning is just us being thinking of ourselves holistically like you said breaking it down to the mental physical emotional and spiritual that we can see ourselves relative to what our needs are uh, without feeling threatened if we are are at some deficit right you know because it, it can be hard to feel like you're not enough it can be hard to have images of yourself that are never positive but if if we're doing all of those things both of them we're we're fully encompassed as a whole human being making room for for black men of all walks of life with a straight gay incarcerated, incarcerated sick whatever hiv positive 
whatever you got going on, moving up to the higher level of community organization and engagement to all of the systemic barriers being gone or removed, meaning that I don't have to do work like this. We really win, you know, but I'll right. take the I'll take the other wins until until you that. Feel- <laughs> Facts. We'll take the other wins as they come. Well, Martin, we want to thank you for coming on the show. I was really excited for this one. You feel me? I was really, I, I really wanted to get into your brain and pick your brain for real. And I, I, and I and I'm glad I did. Um, so I really want to thank you for coming on the show and giving us great words of wisdom and 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 and, and dropping some jewels for us, man. Thank you so much. You feel me? I'm, I'm out here. I'm really out here. Yeah, you out here, brother. We, 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 like I said, we wanted to give you your flowers too. So uh, continue to, uh, to do the great work that you do. Where can uh, people follow you and get connected with you? Word um, at B Men. Uh, you can, if you want to email me, it's Martin at B Men Foundation website, bmenfoundation.org. We're at B Men on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, contact us, collaborate. You want to start a support group? We can help you do that. We really, really about black men out here. So uh, please, you know, look us up and check us out. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, that is the episode. Please follow us on uh, all platforms. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Of course, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore BMW podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook at the Black Men Win podcast. All right. Uh, please pick up some merch. You feel what I'm saying? Black Men Win merch right here for the sweaters and everything. Because, you know, it's getting cold out here in these streets. And we can't have y'all just, you know, coughing and getting sick, my brothers. So make sure y'all cop y'all some sweaters and some hoodies. And that is it. You feel what I'm saying? We will be back with another episode. And that is it. All right. I love y'all. Peace, love, and hair grease. Thank you again, Martin, for coming on the show.